As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things like their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews. I, I take a morning bike ride and I listen to Oh, oh I want to hear more it about that, but go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Yes. Wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday evening edition of Birds with Friends, an emergency pod of sorts. Bo Wolf, Shilkapadia, Zach Berman, and... We are here to react to a uh, bizarre signing by the Eagles, but I think the worst part about it is the fact that we have dragged Marissa out of like a night off on a Tuesday night to record this stupid podcast. Yeah, I would say this is a low. This is really a low point. I mean, we were, you know, we did our analysis on the Athletic. They signed Joe Flacco. Uh, We were gonna Zach and I were gonna pod on Thursday. I was really looking forward to just a Zach and I only pod this week. Bo Bo taking the week off. You know, finally taking some uh, taking actually using his paternity leave, Uh, but. You know, I felt like this actually um, elicited a bit of a reaction, the, the Joe Flacco signing, for better or worse. So, uh, you know, I thought, let's just knock out a podcast now, and uh, we can go from there. So, yeah, we were, I mean, it was really pathetic. Like, we're messaging Marissa. She put her phone down for, please like, 10 minutes. Please come help us. We can you record for uh, us, You know, please? like, this is really important. We have to do a Joe Flacco podcast, please. <laughs> and so uh, she did, uh, she, she, you know, when she checked her phone, she was probably like, these guys can go to hell. But uh, no, I said it's Flacco time. Let's go. She was excited. Yeah, she. she, I gotta tell you guys. I gotta tell you guys. I I I love you guys. But to start the pot off saying, "God, I'm sorry, we're doing this. Why are we doing this? This is (laughs) the brand." Yeah, it's it's like people tune in. They they want to know what's going on with the Eagles, and we we were apologizing. If there is a Birds with Friends listener who's tuning in because they're excited about the Joe Flacco signing, I think they're listening to the wrong podcast. Well, we should also say this is our first time doing a pod since the Eagles signed Anthony Harris as well. So so we have more to discuss than Flacco, but certainly the urgency here is uh, the Eagles signing a former Super Bowl MVP. Oh my God. You know what? Well, it's true though. The uh, Marissa probably has more insight into into 2020 Joe Flacco than any of us. Wow. Well, oh, because she has the Jets podcast. Yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <not the Jets. laughs> I, was I had like, no oh, idea where yeah. you were going with that. I'm like, I she I know she's from Jersey. Do their families know each other or something? No, you were making the Jets point. Uh, so, all right, Bo, let's get it. Let's get into it. You want me to? Just well, yeah. Why don't, Zach, why don't you or? give us the uh, the full okay. the full newsman breakdown? The Philadelphia Eagles signed Joe Flacco to presumably be their backup quarterback this season. The deal is reportedly worth $3.5 million with $4 million in incentives thereafter. 
Uh, he is a 14, he's entering his 14th NFL season, but played for the New York Jets last season, started four games. The Jets lost all four of those games. Uh, before that, he was with the Denver Broncos, and his season ended prematurely with an injury. He had major surgery last offseason, uh, and we all know him, obviously, from his time with the Baltimore Ravens when he won the Super Bowl. Uh, now, before that, he went to Delaware and is from Autobahn, New Jersey, right across the bridge, and uh, is a local guy coming home, I imagine, to finish his career. Now, I want to start, Zach. You have been begging, pleading on your knees for the Eagles to sign a local player. Does this move the needle for you? <laughs> is this good enough? Uh, I mean... I don't want to say it's it's not good enough. It's 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 not like a, you had a fanciful major... dreams of uh, of Kyle Pitts and <laughs> Will and Ford, all these other yeah. mo- needle moving players, yeah, and instead yeah, Joe you get Flacco's Joe like Flacco. But uh, back in 2012, when Flacco was well, it was actually January 13 um, when Flacco was in the Super Bowl. I, uh, I I I did a a big Joe Flacco story the Sunday. On on Super Bowl Sunday was a one of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, Big on, flex. Yeah, um, I was I was proud of this one of uh, of how proud Autobahn was of uh, of Joe Flacco, and so I I was at a lot of his old stomping grounds there, and uh, I was at the diner. I was at the hardware. I was I was at Autobahn Hardware. I I uh, I'm trying to think where else I. Wait, I, what's I, the I, hardware? Is that did he work there? No, it's just like the local it's just hardware a rent, shop. It's just a hardware store that you walked into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they had. I'll tell you okay. what. No one's more. No, no one is more uncomfortable in a hardware store than me. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I'm not even trying to fake it. I'm. Comp- I, I can't even remember the last time I've gone in one. But you know, sometimes you have to go into like a a Lowe's or a Home Depot. Uh, you know, not to actually get like hardware stuff, but uh, you know, j- just to get. Uh, uh, I forget what I had to get something for like outside, and even then, I'm just looking around like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. You just you're just expecting that someone's gonna look at you and rec- and realize that you have no idea what you're doing in there. Like you no, just I mean, that, look it, like it such a fraud. Couldn't be more obvious. Yeah, no, it couldn't be more obvious. <laughs> well, as as, uh, as you guys can probably envision, I, I sit down at a table at the diner and I ask I ask the waitress, has she ever has she ever served Joe Flacco? You know, oh I've, I've done this at, at quite a few places um, oh with different <laughs> with different players over the years. So, uh, so yeah, that I I and what did she recall say? that story? I mean, if if you Google Joe Flacco Autobahn Philadelphia Inquirer, um, this will probably come up. You, you can read all about it. Now, here's my question: Did you? Uh, did you save the contact info of the people you talked to for that story that you can now circle back to? Good question. I I don't have those numbers. That being said, it's literally like 15 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. So uh, it's right across the bridge, Autobahn. Um, and so I I could I could I could go to the hardware. I can go to Autobahn Hardware tomorrow if I wanted to. And so I listen, th- as, I want to say as, this with the. <laughs> No, I was, was going to say, as the say world... The... <laughs> go, go ahead. I want to say this with the utmost respect, but do not go digging for those phone numbers. <laughs> do not, do not do that. St- I mean, I'm sure it was a great story at the time. It was relevant. Uh, we do not need to do that story this time around. I'm just thinking about, like, everybody is praying for this pandemic to be over. Like, I want to be able to go out. I want to be able to go hug my family, go visit friends, go to the beach, go to bars, have some fun. And Zach's like, man, I can't wait for this pandemic to be over so I can go back to Audubon Hardware. <laughs> All right. Glenn, Glenn, Hare, Glenn Hare owns Audubon Hardware. And that's, that's who Zach talked to in the story. Wow. Thank, look at that. Very much. Right there. Appreciate that. Outstanding. Thank you. Does he have a good head of hair, I hope? With that, with that name, I hope I, he does. I believe it was H A R E. Yeah. Flacco's <laughs> hair transformation is one of the most amazing parts of his career. I would say. Remember that one year he showed up and the guy had amazing hair all of a sudden. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does. He, he he does have fine lettuce. I will say that. Probably the uh, one thing he's got going for him. So so let's talk about this because I'm 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 guessing Zach that you're going to be the one without having read our grades yet, um, who is 
I wouldn't say highest on this, but the the most defensible um, of this move. I find it uh, baffling, and I don't think it makes sense. Like, if I'm an Eagles fan, this is like I'm ready to tune out on the season because this team has no idea what it's doing. This is such a bad move. Three and a half million dollars for a backup quarterback when they have so many more pressing needs. They do not have a lot of money to spend. They don't need a backup quarterback because they're not trying to win this season necessarily. A guy who has not necessarily been a uh, like a great mentor to young quarterbacks before and the other stops he's been. What is the point? Uh, I I will let Shield chime in, but I I I will say quickly. I I wasn't like throwing a parade down an autobahn for this move. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't mean to I don't yeah, mean to put that on you. Yeah. yeah uh, so I I will give my take, but I'll I'll see the Florida Shield here for Shield here first. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Uh, this is a terrible move. This is not. This cannot be justified on any level. I would ask anyone who wants to justify it. Tell me what the upside is here. Tell me what the best case scenario is here. So three and a half million dollars for a back for, for for Joe Flacco here. Okay, he's thirty six years old. Uh, he has not been good in years. And I don't want, first of all, I just don't want to make this sound like personal to Joe Flacco. Cause like, you know, he's circulating these photos of him in an Eagles uniform. I'm sure, you know, if you're listening and you're a friend of the Flacco family, it's great for him. Hell of a job by his agent. I mean, really Absolutely. him and his agent, he's getting to come home at 36 and making three and a half million dollars. So uh, nice job out of him. Uh, this is Low all from key, the like Eagles. Funny guy. Every time you see clips of him, that's cool. Okay, but yeah, anyway, um, so go ahead. Th- this is from the Eagles' <laughs> perspective. You know, the owner Jeffrey Lurie, when he addresses the media at the end of the season, uh, hints strongly that this is a rebuilding season, 2021. You know, this is part of the reason why we fired Doug Peterson. It w- really wouldn't be fair to him. You know, we've got to retool, and so we're going to move in a, in a new direction with the head coach. Okay. So what direction are you going in at quarterback? You traded Carson Wentz. You've got Jalen Hurts as your starter. Now you can either go with Jalen Hurts as your starter and that's it. Or you can go with uh, Jalen Hurts and and draft a quarterback with the number six overall pick. Now in those are the two scenarios, unless you want to throw out like a, you know, some wild card that they, they, they trade for uh, a starter or something like that. But let's throw that out in none of those scenarios. Does paying Joe Flacco three and a half million dollars guaranteed make any sense. Okay. If you go into 2021 and you say, we want to see what we have with Jalen hurts. We use the number six pick on uh, Jamar chase on another player. And uh, let, let's see what we got with Hurts. Okay. That is perfectly reasonable. Guess what you don't need there. You don't need a backup quarterback. You don't need to invest any resources into backup quarterback. You can None. sign whoever the least expensive guy is on August, um, August 16th. You can look at who's out there. Who wants to come play for a million bucks? Uh, c- come join us, and you'll be we'll be fine, okay? Because the fact is, if Jalen Hurts gets injured in 2021 and goes down, you don't need to save the season. You're not playing for a playoff berth. Now, I know you want to evaluate your young players. You can find that guy in in August who is competent enough. He can run around a little bit if Jalen Hurts gets injured. He can come in. You can evaluate your young player. So you do not need a backup quarterback like Joe Flacco in that instance. Now, if you use that number six pick on a quarterback, let's say, you know, let's say they really like one of these guys, like a a Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and uh, they're saying, you know what, we don't, we don't have the resources to trade up. We don't think they're going to be there. If they're there at six, though, we're going to have a really tough decision to make, which, by the way, it feels like it happens every year with them. Uh, then you draft a quarterback there. Now you have that quarterback and you have Jalen Hurts. So now you have Joe Flacco being paid $3.5 million guaranteed to be your third-string quarterback. Why? Why are you rushing to do this in March? There is absolutely zero, no reason for it. The other thing here, as Jimmy Kemsky, the um, surveyor of the compensatory picks points out, you cost yourself a fifth round pick with this signing, potentially a potentially fifth round compensatory pick that gets canceled out for Jalen Mills signing with the Patriots. So in a way you are a trading, a future fifth round pick for the right to pay Joe Flacco three and a half 
million dollars. The Bills signed Mitchell Trubisky for two and a half million dollars. Now I've made fun of Mitch Trubisky. You guys have made fun of Mitch Trubisky. Guess what? <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is a below average starter and a very good backup. I mean, any way you slice it, you can you can look at the numbers. I don't want him leading my team, but he is being paid less than Joe Flacco. Cam Newton's being paid five million. Jacoby Brissett five million dollars, so a million and a half more. Then Joe Flacco, who is 36, who completed 55.2% of his passes last year, who averaged 6.4 yards per attempt, who was worth, uh, what, a million dollars, a million and a half dollars on the open market last offseason. By the way, if you have any injuries to the offensive line, uh, Joe Flacco is going to get crushed next year. I mean, you have no shot. He's a statue. Uh, he's a statue back there specifically at this age, but even in his prime, that's who he was. And so uh, on no level does this make any sense. You can say it's only $3.5 million, and that's true. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal, but cap space does roll over. And so that would be $3.5 million that you can't use next year. What can you spend that on? The, the Dolphins signed Justin Coleman, a slot corner who's a starting slot corner, 28 years old, for $2.5 million or $2.2 million dollars. Uh, there have been other slot corners who have been signed for that price. There are strong backup offensive linemen who get paid that price or less. And so you compound all these errors and it's just like an off season that had absolutely no juice. This team. I mean, I don't know about you guys since I started writing about the Eagles. I don't remember a time where the fan base was less interested in the product that you are putting out there, less interested in the off season moves, the, the free agency, uh, trade market, all these different things. I mean, we can't get, I, I, I won't speak for you guys. I can't get anything, uh, to resonate and I don't blame the fans. And now this is like the one move you could make that actually Actually reduces the juice level. Like I did not think the juice level was going to, I didn't think there was a move you could make that would, would reduce the juice. This actually reduces the juice level of the Eagles. And so for all those reasons, um, you know, it, it might sound like a long rant for a kind of an inconsequential move, but uh, it, it just really makes no sense. And you really have to worry about the process with everything this organization is doing right now. So and I, I just want to add, sorry, I want to build off of what Shiel said, Zach, <laughs> okay. um, because for everything that Shiel said is, is exactly right. That's why this is on its face a terrible move. <laughs> but if you, if you go deeper and think about the Eagles and what has happened over the past year and you know the quarterback factory line, which we all made fun of and, and gets repeated and, and brought up nonstop. The reason he brought that up and the justification for the Jalen Hurts pick is what? We were tired of paying veteran backups real money. Mm, good point. Okay. So guess what happens? Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, on its face, we said the night of, this could create a problem. Created a problem. Carson Wentz is gone. And now you're back to doing what you didn't want to do in the first place, paying a veteran backup real money on a team with, as she'll said, no reason to care about its record in 2021. And then the other thing is earlier this off season, you know, this whole like mea culpa of, uh, you know, if, if anything, the reason we, we got bad over the past couple of years, it's just cause we, you know, we cared too much. We really wanted to hold on to that super bowl window. We, we overvalued the super bowl. And then to go out and like your, your marquee free agent signing is a guy whose only cachet is like the, past of being a Super Bowl MVP is so funny. It is like, it's, well, it this is isn't such their a perfect, it is such a way. perfect, okay. it's the, it's the guy they're going to pay the second most money to this offseason, probably after Anthony Harris, right? They're, yeah. But, but, that would, but more? then by, by definition, then Anthony Harris is the marquee signing, but go on. Okay. A one on. of the marquee. Okay. He's sharing the marquee. Is, is there like okay. a pen marquee, <laughs> like a pen ultimate? Is there some kind of word like yeah, that? Can we make it up? Whatever it is. It's just like, this is such a perfect look at us signing. We value the backup quarterback position. We're the only team in the league who understands the importance of the backup quarterback position. It doesn't matter for them this year. And it's, it, it is, if you were hoping that like the, you know, the new coaching regime for some reason was going to, was going to point the organization back in the right direction. This is like your indication very early on that this thing is still doomed to fail. All right. So I, I will chime in here. Um, and my perspective is a, a bit different. Uh, <laughs> now, I, it, 
I wrote, it's not a move I, I, I would have made. I would have, because it's all about resource allocation, right? You only have a finite amount of resources this year uh, in particular. And uh, and like Shield said, I, I would have probably put that money toward a different position. If you're deciding between paying the league minimum to a cornerback and paying your backup quarterback $3.5 or paying your backup quarterback or paying the cornerback $3.5 and your backup quarterback the league minimum, I would probably this year pay the backup quarterback the league minimum. That being said, uh, when I look at this and when I cover the team, I try not to, to to think about what I would do if I was running the team. I try to think about things in the context of what they're doing, right? And, and so when I was uh, talking about the offseason for the past few weeks and, and I said that they're going to spend on a backup quarterback, it was because I did not see them getting to the point where they are scrapping the bottom of the pile for the backup quarterback. Um, what they paid Joe Flacco is not top of the market for a backup. It's not bottom of the market. It's 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 middle of the market, right? Like Mike Lennon got paid less. Jacoby Brissett got paid more. Um, this is this is in the middle. Uh, I'd rather have Mike Lennon. Not even like all well, money being equal. I wouldn't. No, and and I I would rather have Flacco than Glennon. Um, so. Based on, it, I'm not, I'm not look, having that conversation. Look, so we can, so, so we can, we can disagree with, like, we can disagree with the move, and all three of us probably would have spent the money differently. Um, but yeah, would have lit it on fire. Uh, this is, this is an organizational um, belief here in in investing in the back of quarterback. The the, the way they see it, uh, for better or, or worse, is that. Um, over the past two decades, uh, they've spent four backup quarterbacks. I mean, Jeffrey, I, I, Jeffrey Lurie has specifically talked about this, and you can look at Vince Young and Jeff Garcia and Chase Daniel um, signing Josh McCown, by the way. Uh, you know, Nick Foles is obviously the example they are probably most, or they're definitely most proud of, but, but, but this is the way they think. And what they were saying last year about getting the backup quarterback on the rookie contract was because they were operating under the premise that they were going to have a an entrenched veteran starter. Um, obviously, they traded Carson Wentz, and so that that changed the complexion of the roster. And they weren't going to have like a fifth round pick as the backup. Like that's just not the way they were going. To, uh, they want to protect themselves if. Jalen Hurts or whoever's starting at quarterback this year, but I'm presuming Jalen Hurts at this point gets hurt in in week six or week four. And, why? And what? Give me the. Give me. The, this is the question I asked Howie Roseman when they drafted Jalen Hurts. So mm-hmm. give me the answer to this, either in your own words or what Howie Roseman would say. What is the best case scenario for the Joe Flacco signing? Well, the best case scenario is that he doesn't see the field because your starter doesn't get hurt. In the event that your starter gets to hurt, all right. It, let it, me re- yeah. let, let me rephrase yeah. that. What it, what is the uh, scenario where you maximize the value returned yeah. for the three and a half million dollars yeah. you paid for Joe Flacco? Your your starter gets hurt, and the the You're guy you have a, the guy you have hold on wait, wait and yeah. and the player you put in has one hundred ninety career starts. Um, the the moment's not too big for him. He has. He has a great arm. He 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 can run, you know, a handful of different systems. Obviously, he can't move. We we know that. But he's a he's he's been a competent starting quarterback in this league. He's a year and a half removed from uh, at, at this point, it'll be two years removed from a major injury. I'm I'm not defending the move, but I'm I'm saying that they would rather have Joe Flacco than. Matt Barkley or Geno Smith or, you know, you pick. It, it, there's there's basically four tiers or, or, or four types of backup quarterbacks. You can go with the uh, ascending player, which is the rookie option or the second-year quarterback option. You can go with the trying to build their stock back up player, which is the Mitchell Trubisky option. That's what Nick Foles was when they brought him in. You can go with the like recycled backup type, which would be the Matt Barkley, Geno Smith option, um, was was Josh McCown option. Or you can go with like the former starter who is now at this stage of his career, which is the Joe Flacco, Alex Smith, that type of option, right? So uh, 
with a quarterback who's only I did not hear games. I did not hear an answer to maximizing the value other than <laughs> yeah, he can run well, some plays. Well, yeah, so that so, so so maximizing the value is that if Jalen Hurts goes down, they have someone in there who started games, who's been in the league, who 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 can who who they think can win you a game. That's that's the way they see it. Right? And, 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 and you say like they have nothing to play for this year. I would say like like call then Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson and Darius Slay. Um, you know, they like they're not tanking this season. We can say they're they have no illusions of being a Super Bowl contender, but they're not doing what the Jacksonville Jaguars did last year. Like they're they want to field a competitive team this year. I was going to say that's a that is like if I am trying to walk it back a little bit and be like squint and see what they're what they're seeing here. I think it's, you know, what you just said, this is still because they don't have a choice because this is the only way to get it under the cap is to keep these guys. They still have a team that is old um, and, and they have all these veterans. And so you can't just go nakedly into the season and say, we're not trying. You want to, you want to like send the message to your head coach that uh, you're trying to maximize wins this year and, and uh, everybody's trying. And so it makes sense to have uh, a quarterback with some cachet, but still, there's no reason to go do this now. Like, what is the difference between Joe Flacco and, and Colt McCoy or Matt Barkley? It doesn't matter. Those guys are, are also trying to win when they're the quarterbacks. It's not like those guys are, are tanks either. And, like, I know that we sometimes get ahead of ourselves on the contract terms. It's possible that, that it's not actually $3.5 million. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a million and a half, and then there's other guarantees. But I don't know. Ad, Adam Kaplan report said three, three and a half, and a half up to seven. Guaranteed. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I and, just, and like, the information I, I've, I've been getting is like they, you know, they they paid them backup quarterback money. Yeah. That's that's how they're looking at it. I just it's 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 crazy that. As you said, Zach, like this is the resource allocation decision they made that okay, there was so he, nowhere else that they could have spent this money. Well, he, here are the issues. I mean, like no one's asking them to tank. They, that yeah, this is the point: is that we are in the the one time since we've been alive in the NFL where like quarterback supply outweighs demand, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I really, I mean, there is very minimal, if any, difference between Joe Flacco and the other guys you could even look at. I mean, Joe Flacco. Uh, I didn't have kids the last time Joe Flacco was like a, a mediocre quarterback, really, I think. I mean, <laughs> and I'm how trying old are to, kids for I'm the trying to eight, eight and five. All right. So that's probably overdoing it. <laughs> I'm trying to pull well, up. You said kids, I'm, plural. So at okay. least five, which is fair, probably. Yeah. I'm I mean, I, I think up. there are people in that building who, who, who hold Flacco in higher esteem than you do. I, I, well, I, they're I feel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel somewhat confident saying that. Um, All right, Joe. Okay, here, here's here's a stat for you. Okay, the last five years, fifty-three quarterbacks have attempted at least five hundred passes. Where do you think Joe Flacco ranks in yards per attempt? A very simple, basic uh, statistic. You know, when a guy what was it fifty. Uh, there's 53 uh, quarterbacks 53, who have okay. attempted at least five hundred passes. This is in the Great last five player. years. So I'm giving. You know, it's not just last year. Uh, where do you think he ranks in yards per attempt? 49. 48. Wow. 50th. He's 50th. Okay. Who are the three below him? yards per attempt. Uh, below him are Brock Osweiler, Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser, and Josh Rosen. <laughs> I mean, really, this is the class of quarterback you're talking about. So, like, they may have dreams of their, you know, when we, hey, when we were with the Ravens, this guy was pretty good. Guess what? That was a long time ago. I mean, just go to his pro uh, football reference page. Okay, the last uh, the last time, where's yards per attempt here? He's been below seven yards per attempt. One, two, three, four, five, six times in the last eight years. Below seven yards per attempt. I mean, the worst starters in the league are below seven yards per attempt. That is not like a high bar. Uh, too clear there. And so uh, I just don't buy that. Like, you know, this is the time to be spending th- like, all right, if they would have spent three and a half million dollars, for example, on a, um, I don't know, who's your, who was your favorite backup quarterback out there? Brissett? Yeah. Trubisky, someone like that. Yeah. That's who I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what I was expecting. 
I probably would have come on and said, all right, you know, I probably wouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done this, but this is a top level backup. Um, you know, this guy's been for, and, and in terms of like a veteran, who's going to be like a mentor. I mean, I don't know. That didn't go very well in Baltimore right. with Lamar Jackson. Well, that part, I, uh, yeah, I would disagree with that though, because it was a, it was a totally different situation, right? Like that was a guy who was drafted to replace him. Um, okay. So, but you know, do we have is... any example that he's, he, that he's great for like Josh McCown? We had examples of this sure. guy comes with, uh, you know, this is like having another coach, a support, uh, for the starter. I mean, are there any examples of that with him? I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm curious. No, Drew Locke and Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what he was like with, with, with those guys. I don't know, but I, I, I know that the, the context of the Ravens situation is different than, than what's, what's coming here. No, no matter what the Eagles are saying and I, and, and 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 like like no disrespect to them, but they're not signing him to compete for the starting job. He's here to be the backup quarterback. And so, you know what I think is funny? If you uh, if you look at all the quarterbacks from last year uh, and go by completion percentage, you know Jalen Hurts among yeah. quarterbacks who started at least four games had the very worst completion percentage at fifty two percent. So the Eagles up. are really aiming high. They want him to get a lot better <laughs> and follow the lead of the guy who was one spot ahead of him. Joe Flacco, who is at 55%. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, let I mean, me ask you guys this. If, if, if Flacco signed for the league minimum, would you look like is, is your issue? Is, yeah, your, uh, is your objection with the player or the price or both? The, the price and the urgency to get it done. Okay. Get three and a half million guaranteed is my, I mean, okay. I, yeah. I, you and know, I would just agree to be you. honest, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. not have picked this player. I would have picked a, you know, a, a different player, but that's their prerogative. If they would have signed him with no guaranteed money, then I would not know. Then it wouldn't be nearly as harsh. I mean, it's crazy to be this aggressive. I, w- I don't even know if I will be grading this for the uh, national thing. I would give this an F. I mean, this is their, this is their among yeah, the three or four worst signings uh, by any team has made in free agency. I mean, some of the other back. So here I, I have my quarterback free agency list here. I mean, here are the other backups uh, who you would probably be able to get for league minimum. Uh, here are just the names, Brian Hoyer, RG three, Geno Smith, AJ McCarron, uh, Mike Lennon signed CJ Beathard, Colt McCoy, Matt Barkley, uh, Blake Bortles, uh, Suddy, Blaine Gabbert, Joshua Dobbs. How about a Joshua? How about a Brett Hundley? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying any of these guys are good, but there's not enough of a difference between Flacco and them. I don't know that Flacco is better than those guys. And if he is, it's marginal. And that margin, I don't care about this year. It's not about tanking. I mean, you can get a backup who will keep your team afloat a little bit, but like that's life in the NFL. If your quarterback goes down and you're a team like the Eagles, whose roster is a complete disaster, your season's probably going to be sunk. You know, that that's just how it is. So you can try to account for that and make your team competitive. And I think you could have done that with any of these other guys just as much as you could have done with Flacco. And then my other issue is the, the thing I ended the last podcast on with like the Andy Dalton, Allen Iverson thing. I mean, he, he's just very tough to watch Flacco at this stage in his career. Like you're not going to have interest in if Joe Flacco has to start three games playing for the Eagles. I mean, that is going to be such a tough watch for the fan base. He's throwing those like five yard outs into the ground. It's just uh, very, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, I was under the impression that we were going to get some quarterback run game this year. Yeah. Stylistically, he's quite different. Yeah. Where's the overlap? I mean, I thought that was going to be, that has to be a big part of the offense. If you're going with Jalen Hurts. So what's going to happen when, if Jalen Hurts has to come out of the game and Joe Flacco has to come in, what plays are you even running? I mean, he can't. Yeah, you, Zach, you were point. making the point he can run plays. He can't. He's not going to be able to run any of the run plays that <laughs> well, they have, except, yeah, except for under, under center, uh, you know, inside zone. I mean, you're taking away a huge element of your entire offense uh, with that. And so, he's and um, a huge element is a good player. Yeah. So anyway. And so do you guys know the last <laughs> playoff game that the Eagles played? Uh, 
where they did not play the or did they did not use the guy who was supposed to be the backup quarterback that season? I guess a I guess a chip game. No, uh, Nick Foles was the chip game, and and Vic was the starter that year. In 2010, Vic was so the what, starter. The, so, so, the, so the McNabb Cowboys yeah, game. The McNabb Cowboys game. They've 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 eight playoff. They've their last eight playoff games. They've gone or they've used a uh, the guy who was supposed to be their backup. Um, since hmm. 2008, they've only had their starting quarterback uh, play all 16 games or start all 16 games uh, twice, and that was Carson Wentz in 16 and Carson Wentz in 19. And so I point that out as a way of saying. History suggests Joe Flacco is going to be on the field this year. Well, sure, but that like who—that's not a good thing. That <laughs> yeah, <doesn't... no. laughs> yeah, so I'm saying, so so like that's yeah. why I'm curious: is your is 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 your panning of the move based on the player or based on the price or both? Like I I would have spent the money differently. I wrote that. I'm I'm on record saying that. You can see our listeners can go to our grading the move piece. Um, where I I wrote the I, I made the point that Shield said earlier I I would rather have 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 allocated that money either to a different player or even the two players um, at different positions. Uh, but I tried to differentiate like what I would do based on what they are going to do, and they value that backup quarterback spot. It was not going to be um, someone who who they felt couldn't help them in a game. That's fine. No one, no one is arguing with them on that point. Like I, again, they they act like they reinvented football. That you need a backup quarterback. Listen, te- teams understand that. Like nobody is going in with one active quarterback on game day. Uh, you know, we know you you guys are brilliant and came up with this great theory about how a backup quarterback is important. No one's denying that. It's a complete lack of self awareness. Is what it is. It. it it's not that important for you this year. I mean, really. And when you take it all into account, the player, the salary, the lack of resources, where you are as a franchise, this is a year where it's not going to be that important for you. And he's 36, and he's on a one-year deal. This is not somebody who has any upside. Like maybe you, you know, maybe you would have signed. Uh, I don't know. The, maybe you would have signed a Brett Hundley, okay, to a, a and he was your backup. And guess what? He came in and he played uh, two games and he wasn't terrible and he looked like a competent backup. All right, you know what? Maybe you can sign him to another uh, one-year deal next offseason to be your backup, regardless of who the quarterback is. Like there, there is. That's what I'm saying. There is no scenario where you get your value yeah. back for Joe Flacco for three and a half million dollars. And when you look at the other guys who were available, you know, there are a lot of guys available who would be, who are not like third stringers. They could be bad second stringers. And that's really all you need to evaluate the other players on the roster. All right. That was way too long. Joe. Now let me ask you, let me ask you guys this. Do you think this signing makes it more or less likely that they take a quarterback in the first round? I don't think it affects that. Um, because I, I, I'm of the opinion if they take a quarterback at six, they're trading Jalen Hurts. Really? Why? You think that would have been the case before? Yes. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to have a, a – I've been saying for weeks I, I think they're going to sign a, a veteran backup quarterback. Uh, yeah. No, but you think, you think if they hadn't signed Flacco that they would still trade Hurts if they drafted, you if know, they drafted Trey Lance? A quarterback? Yes. Yes. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> Because you're well, serious, yeah. But like they, that's the whole thing. They drafted him to be a, a cheap backup. <laughs> well, but, well, well because only... then you have a cheap starter at that point, right? Like, like they, I think they wanted the experience. Uh, they wanted the experienced veteran quarterback, and uh, they would try to maximize Hertz's value in that case. Oh, see, I, I thought you know the the analytics play or or what you know those people would uh, would tell you would be you keep Hertz. You draft the quarterback at six, you let him compete, you see who comes out on top, you see if you have anything, because we, we right. know the percentages aren't high anyway, so you're kind of you know doubling up there, increasing your odds. They're both on cheap contracts. I mean, I would see, unless you just think it's like an untenable situation, um, but if you're going to have one of your pillars be competition, again, this is another thing about them that annoys me. You know, it's like... These are grown, like these are grown men who have had to like compete for playing time 
and jobs, you know, at every level, and especially somebody like Jalen Hurts. Now, I can see why Jalen Hurts would be annoyed if you draft somebody at six and say, all right, this guy's starting from day one. You don't have to do that. You say, all right. We, Who's Jalen Hurts to be annoyed by that? Okay, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, sorry, I, go on. Yeah. no, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, like anybody, I think, I think a player has a right to be annoyed if he doesn't get an opportunity to at least compete for playing time. Any player, I would say. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. That's so fair. that that's all I'm saying. So I mean, if he competes, and then it's I mean, it's usually obvious who the better guy is, and if the teammates see it, and the coaches see it, and like the players themselves know it, then the better guy starts. Like this is these I mean, these guys have played sports their whole lives. I don't understand this idea that like you can't do something like that. So I would not trade Jalen Hurts even if I used the number six unless I got like a nice value for him. Um, even if I used a pick on a quarterback uh, at number six. I mean, that guy might not even be ready to play right away. I guess we just have, have like a different view of, of the, of the, of using a second round pick on a quarterback. Like I don't view that as this type of investment that, that suggests like he's your guy going forward. Um, no one says that. We no, don't, but they just traded Carson Wentz. But, but, but I don't think they traded Carson Wentz because of Jalen Hurts. That's, that's my point. Like, I they, agree with that. Yeah, I, I think they traded Carson Wentz because that situation uh, deteriorated. I don't think they traded Carson Wentz because, like, this wasn't a situation where they were and, – and not to repeat the Carson Wentz podcast, but the Chiefs traded Alex Smith because they were ready to hand the team over to Patrick Mahomes. This wasn't choosing Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. This was moving yeah, on I mean, from is Carson Is anyone Wentz. arguing? Who's no, arguing yeah. that? Well, that's what uh, like that. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like Jalen Hurts is the is the quarter. He's he's an asset who intrigues them, but I don't think they're like so committed to him. So if if, but yeah, but if it's Jalen Hurts or Joe Flacco, like obviously you want to see yeah, what Hurts has. Of 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 course, I'm I'm simply suggesting that that uh, I I don't think this is like this. Stone cold commitment to Hurts is is, is is my point. That being said, I think Hurts is the starting quarterback this year. Well, it's no, also yeah. like if they're gonna trade Hurts, like what what kind of what kind of value are you getting now that you've signed Flacco? Because everyone knows you're gonna trade the guy. Like, well, they're not. I, I don't think they're gonna low. trade Hurts because I, I think Hurts so, is gonna be like, the starting the quarterback. So, like the Eagles at this point, right now the draft is a month away. The Eagles know whether they want to draft a quarterback. They may not, you know, be able to make it happen, or if they do. Uh, or they may maybe they haven't decided who they like, but they know whether they want a quarterback in the first round. And so this is either like a an expensive smokescreen to say that we're not going to draft a quarterback, and then you go around and and you know uh, trade Jalen Hurts at the at, at a low point of his value, or it's signaling that we're not going to draft a quarterback. It's I don't know. Well, I, just, I mean, it, it, I mean, uh, I just don't think that. Well, like, I just, just I, there's I, no defense of this move. It's it's ridiculous. Well, I don't think this this move has to do with the draft. Number one, number two, though, um, uh, to your point about the draft, they don't know how the first five picks are going to go yet, right? So, like, like, like they can have their early or internal evaluations of quarterbacks, but the point is is move on on if if there's no quarterback available unless they trade it up on the athletic today. Uh, we had our our beat our our beat writer mock draft, and the first four picks were quarterbacks, right? So the Eagles might be operating under the premise that like they're not going to have a crack at any of those guys. Okay. Yeah. In which All case, right. in which case, it's Hurts and Flacco, and and I'm I'm going into this year assuming it's Hurts this year, Flacco's your backup, and then they'll they'll evaluate it in a year. And in which case, in which case, if Hertz goes down, the upside is that Joe Flacco like loses them a couple draft slots. Maybe <laughs> that, maybe that's it. Maybe it's next level thinking, and oh, they're like, "There you go, you're all right." Something. Yeah, go if Hertz goes, if Hertz goes down, Flacco gives us no chance to do anything. <laughs> but you know, we we don't want our players to think that, and so uh, we will sign this is him. Good. We will lose games. We actually will be tanking, but everyone will think we weren't tanking because, hey, you know, this could be it because they got this the This is the flower. lesson they learned from it's Seinfeld. Like the, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's just, what I was going to say. Like, it was too, it was too yes. obvious. 
Yes, they got the cauliflower ears, you know. <laughs> they got the cauliflower ears because they were getting uh, ripped for the Sudfeld thing. And so they didn't like how that looked in the national media that people were ripping them for uh, tanking. And so they said, we got to do something about this. Who cares about the $3.5 million? Let's make sure that uh, we suck if Hertz goes down. And people will think that we were actually trying. All right. Finally, it took us 43 minutes, <laughs> but we we discovered you the it. only possible explanation for the signing. I think that might be it. It's like I the producers, right? right? It, 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 is that the show? I, I never saw the show, but I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm this season. It's it's uh, it's like the producers, yes. right? The, isn't that the premise? A little bit. Yeah, You're, you, okay. you got it. OK, I think that's right. I think that is the answer. <laughs> the, the Sudfeld thing was too obvious. <laughs> This is their way of tanking without making it obvious. That's good. I think so. Yeah, maybe they they might start him in week one. Now I'm not. I'm not. Listen, it's a competition. It's a competition yeah. now. The incentives, the up to seven million, is is uh, like if if he goes zero and five. <laughs> yes. He gets an extra couple million. For every game that they win with him as the starter, he loses. They they take a million off of that. Yeah, for every interception he throws, he gets a, another $100,000. There you go. They are not going right. to like this podcast at uh, Audubon Hardware. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Bob you know, credit to him. I hope Glenn he enjoys Hare. it. It'll be a thrill to play for the hometown team. Uh, you know, great, great picture of him as a kid. Uh, great job by him uh, cashing them checks. Uh, everything. None, none of this reflects, reflects poorly on him. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, 0-2 against Villanova during his career at Delaware. Mm. Um, let's talk Anthony Harris, Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us the breakdown of, of his uh, signing, and, <laughs> and uh, you had the chance to talk to him today. So what was that like? Yeah, so the Eagles signed Anthony Harris, the safety from the Vikings. Was, he played under the franchise tag last year. Uh, did not have a good year sh- or, or did not play as well as he did in previous years. Shield can give us that. Info. He he signed a one-year contract. Uh, spoke to us today and and basically said that he was excited about reuniting with some familiar faces. Rodney McLeod, a, a college teammate of his at Virginia, and uh, someone right up who, your alley. <laughs> yes, uh, someone he he learned quite a bit from uh, during his his time at Virginia when Rodney was a senior and Anthony was a freshman. Uh, and then Jonathan Gannon, which I, I I think is probably the one we should point to more was the assistant defensive backs coach with the Vikings um, when or in the first three years of Harris's career. Then, of course, Gannon goes to the Colts. Uh, now, now, sometimes you can read too much into those connections, but I do think it's valid here uh, because uh, Harris fits the scheme that Gannon is expected to run. I, I think there's going to be a lot of Vikings, Mike Zimmer influence, in this defense, and uh, Harris is going to be a, a big part of that. So that is the marquee signing of the Eagles offseason. And the knock on him here is that he's 29. He'll 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 turn 30 this year. And so this is not a move of this is not getting Malcolm Jenkins when Malcolm Jenkins is 25 years old, right? This is uh this is more closer to like signing Alshon Jeffrey in 2000. And 17, but even older than Alshon was then. That's a hell of a comparison. I mean, that was a that was a team on the run. I mean, that's tough. Well, no, but- my 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 point was Alshon was a guy who had played under the tag the previous year. Uh, yeah, but he was younger. Yeah, he you, you he, he was like he was like 27, 28. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, well, I, I mean, I don't think they think Harris is washed up, but hmm. uh, but my point is is like. They signed a guy who the market wasn't what that player expected. That's why I, I point to to okay. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon signed a one-year deal uh, at a place where he was going to get an opportunity to rebuild his value, um, and there was some familiarity with Alshon in the building, and I, I think that's the way they're viewing okay. Anthony Harris is that it's a one-year deal for a player you who sold me. a year ago, uh, and Shield wrote this in our grading the moves, like probably would have gotten a much bigger deal. And uh, he has a clear opportunity here uh, to rebuild his value. I, yeah, I, I mean, really, Viking, this has been the this has been the the moves of Zebram. I didn't like the the local guy and the Virginia guy. <laughs> Were you there for his recruitment? No, I I was not, but I was I I knew of like his high school, um, 
that 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 point guard from uh, Boston College, uh, uh, Tyrese Rice, I I, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's it's it's Bird High School in Virginia. So I I knew about him uh, when he was in high school. He was a big basketball player, if my memory serves me correctly, and uh, he was a productive player at UVA, but went un, undrafted. I think he got hurt during the combine or around the combine when undrafted. Uh, Shield, when when Zach says. Uh, you know, Gannon is expected to run a, a defense similar to Mike Zimmer's, and that and that Harris fits well. What does that mean? Well, I think the um, the Zimmer stuff and even Gannon with the Colts, it's a lot more too high safeties. It's like the big, uh, you know, the the big theme or the big departure from what the Eagles did under Jim Schwartz. Now that could be quarters coverage. Uh, that could be, uh, you know, cover two, uh, Tampa two. They, it could, it could be the different types of coverages, but I do think they're going to move more uh, towards that. Now, Harris a year ago, you know, was hit with the franchise tag, and so um, really the Vikings thought that highly of him and knew kind of what he was going to get paid on the open market and what the interest was going to be in him that they used the franchise tag on him. So yeah, he really got screwed by the franchise tag. Quite honestly, you know, he, he, I guess he made the money last year, but if he would have hit the market last off season, I think certainly he would have got a, uh, a multi-year deal at probably nine or $10 million in that range. And so uh, good ball skills. Um, you know, I think if you look at his interceptions, pass breakups, those things, those are all up there. He played alongside Bo's boy, Harrison Smith, the greatest uh, player of all time in the history mm. of football was in Minnesota. Uh, and so uh, he, he was a good player. Now, if if like another team, if, a, if sort of a contending team had signed Anthony Harris to a one-year $5 million deal, I would have said... That's a it's a fantastic signing. You know, it's it's short term. He's 29 years old. You're probably going to get an above average starter at safety. It's a little weird for the Eagles because of, you know, how we spent the first uh, 40 minutes of the show, but I think it's fine. You know, I, I do think there is something to um, having a veteran there in the secondary who can help and in, install the scheme and help the younger players and seems like a good culture guy and all that. There's not a lot of upside here. It's, it's a one-year deal. You know, you almost sort of wish if you could have got him uh, for maybe two or three years at $5 million a year, but with only like the first year guaranteed, then there would be some upside. You know, maybe he plays really well in the system and you can keep him for another year. Now, if he plays really well this year, he's going to be able to hit the market. Uh, he'll be 30 years old, so he's probably not going to break the bank, but he will get the opportunity to uh, test the market again next offseason. But uh, I think it's a fine signing. You know, I was thinking of their defensive talent a little bit. You know, it's it's not a bad group if you look at the overall talent no. on defense. Uh, you know, the defensive and this is line... Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, the defensive line is uh, is talented, and um, I, I would say there's some depth there. Your secondary, you know, theoretically is Darius Slay, uh, Rodney McLeod, and Anthony Harris, and you know whoever is starting at that other cornerback spot. We'll see, but you know that that's pretty good right there. So I don't know. I, I I've been trying to think about what this team is going to be next year. I think they have a low ceiling, but you know they could be in kind of that middle tier, which I don't know if you want to be in that tier or not, but um, specifically defensively, it's, it's not like the cupboard is totally bare. Well, and I, and I think at the point that I made in, in our, our piece is that that is what I think is, is you know, exciting is overstating it, I think, as, as you uh, correctly said, <laughs> Shield. But uh, I think what if you're an Eagles fan, like what you are looking forward to this season is the defense, I think, because... You know, by all accounts, Jonathan Gannon was like he was the guy who was more sought after than, you know, certainly than Nick Sirianni. Like there were reports that he would have been a defensive coordinator for a few different candidates. Uh, you know, so he is thought of as as a rising coaching star. And there's enough talent on the defense now that we can like we should be able to judge Jonathan Gannon as as a defensive mind. Um, as you said, like the defensive line should be good. They're going to be competent in the secondary. Who knows at linebacker? Um, and so I think it makes sense. Like the you know the need at safety was like so dire. Um, you know, Rodney McLeod's probably not even going to be ready for the season. And after him, it's it's Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps fighting for a, a starting spot opposite Elijah Riley. Um, 
So they needed to sign a guy. You're not going to do much better than Harris for the price. It's a little bit silly that, you know, this team that's starting a rebuild is spending their money on a 30-year-old and a 36-year-old. But I can't really I can't really blame them for that on Harris's um, uh, standpoint from this signing. I mean, it's good value. This is why you wait and see who shakes loose. Obviously, the connection to Gannon makes sense. So I don't know. I think... Like you, you, you could you could squint and tell me the defense is going to be really good this year if if Gannon is some kind of stud. That's fine. I'm excited. That, like, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm much. To see how that I'm plays much out. more bearish. I'm much more bearish on this defense than uh, you guys are. Um, you know, I mean, who's the second cornerback this year? Uh, is is Ronnie McLeod coming back healthy? Um, I mean, what's he going to be coming off his second torn ACL in three years? I, I think we're all operating under the assumption that unless the Eagles trade back, the number six pick is an offensive player, right? So, uh, so you're you're not getting like this this blue chip cornerback um, in the first round. Uh, now, now it is uh, if if you saw Dane's if you saw Dane Brugler's cornerback breakdown, this is a, a good cornerback draft class. They could be able to find one at thirty seven, uh, but and they have four picks in the top hundred this year. But uh, uh, that being said, like there's still a lot of pieces that that this defense needs, and uh, in in particular in the secondary. And I th- I think corner is a question. I think your third safety is still a question. I I think uh, you know linebacker is a major question still. So I'm I'm more bearish on that group than you guys are. Yeah, that's true. I would I would put it at like uh, you know I think they could be like in the you know, 10 to 15 range. I don't know. I don't know what Bo was defensively. Yeah. Defensively yeah. that like that wouldn't shock me if they were, I mean, but if, if, slightly if he's above like, average. you know, if Gannon is like the next Brandon Staley or whoever, I don't know. They could be a bottom half. But of the top you know, what's, That's you know, what's, you know, what's interesting about it though. It's, it's like, well, I guess we shouldn't assume what scheme he's going to bring here because who knows what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you if if you think he's bringing the Colt scheme here, it's kind of like the defensive coordinator doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, I mean <laughs> I, it's you know, this isn't like a this isn't somebody who's just scheming it up. And you know, we're going right. to have DFOP Fran Duffy every week um, analyzing these like amazing blitz schemes and pre snap disguise that they did. It's basically going to be you know, keep it in front of you, play zone coverage. Two deep safeties. Make sure you can defend the run with one one fewer guy in the box. But it's it's actually not that exciting. Like I, you know, hopefully there's more of the Zimmer influence, I guess, than like the Matt Eberflus influence. That's what I'm expecting. Saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm expecting much more of a of a Zimmer influence. And and Sirianni, uh, he had an interview with uh, with Dave Spadaro <laughs> on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and when he spoke about like he was just saying he was raving about Zimmer. Right. Okay. And, there and, you go. The, and the work with Zimmer. So uh, that's how I'm looking at it. Well, yeah, then that could be very exciting. You know, Zimmer has been one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL for what, last 20 years, last 15 years, something like that. So uh, that would be exciting. Okay. And, I do feel like Darius Slay is miscast yeah. in this defense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, there. this I is agree. like the last defense, you know, if what they're going to play is what we think they're going to play, like, you know, that's not the guy you would be paying this much. Uh, money to, but who knows? And they basically guaranteed his his uh, that he's going to be on the team for two more years by right. pushing the contract back. Uh, so that was that's an interesting one. It's an organization with a plan at every level. All the pieces fit. It, it all makes sense. Well, the, I mean, the one thing I'll say about this year's team, and and it's still so incomplete, and I and I, I don't think any of us have any illusions that they're going to be this contender. But uh, if if you operate under the premise that that you win along the lines, like they can still they can have a really strong offensive line and defensive line, uh, and that's where they're, they're that's where most of their non dead money is is tied into. And uh, you know I I do think if they, if those guys are healthy, they'll be able to protect the quarterback and then they'll be able to to rush the quarterback. And when you can do those two things, you can be competitive in games. I was going to say the one thing you could say about this team this year is they're going to love ball. Hmm. Well, that's a prerequisite, nope. right? No ball and love ball, yeah. Uh, w- my wife and I started this uh, this whole thirty diet thing this week. Oh, you guys heard tell about me this? about this. No, I want to hear about it's, it. Let's uh, get to the it's good very, stuff. It's very aggressive. It's uh, like no sugar, no alcohol, no 
uh, carbs or uh, like some what? Carbs. you can have you can have fruit no no like bread um no like there's like all this stuff that you can't have wait, but you but, can basically wait, but you can... eat as much as you want of like you know uh like fruits and veggies and uh and meat and stuff like that um but the but natural like, sugars in fruit those are fine that's that's fine it's like added sugars like gotcha okay things so, with like products that would have added sugars Okay, so fruit, uh, vegetables, meat. What what else you got going on? I mean, that's about it. <laughs> I feel like Noah. You know, you're you're a bread man. Buy, that's gotta be tough. Uh, yeah, I miss the bread so much. Like, what am I supposed to have for lunch? Um, but like by like halfway through day one yesterday, I was like, I was ready to risk it all for a triscuit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we've 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 uh, we've stocked up with with more. Uh, meals to have in the house that it's it's gone okay d- day two but it's gonna be a long month. Uh, get, so you, what are the other meals? You'll get used to it, though. What else are you eating? What about egg? eggs? Are okay? Eggs, eggs are okay. Uh, okay, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. No cheese, no, which is like no bread and no cheese is like. Oh no cheese! Why no cheese? No, che- no dairy. I don't know to make the rules. No. Oh, dairy. is it no, no dairy? Yeah, there's no, no dairy. Yeah, there's no, no dairy. dairy. Yeah. Oh, but okay, but and eggs no don't soy. Count. Okay. So I can't even have I can't even have a, my soy latte. Gosh, but you can't. So have did you coffee. have? Uh, yeah, every diet you're allowed to have coffee. That's the thing. And <laughs> just like drink a lot of coffee, you won't be hungry. <laughs> What's that the now? Dairy's gonna reduce order? inflammation, though. What's that? The dairy will, will, will it's it will reduce inflammation pretty quickly. Yeah, mm. that's true. Now, now, do you have to order like so? You, are you cooking, or it's all pre-ordered meals? How's this working? We're we're mostly cooking. Uh, it's like you know, we're just getting we're just getting lots of produce and and meat, and just cooking that. Huh. We've got like you know, did some did some pork chops tonight, and you can't oh no like uh, uh, you know no butter obviously no dairy no uh, no vegetable oil or anything like that like olive oil is is okay and salt and pepper is okay and so that's just what we season everything with which to be fair is what i would mostly season everything with to begin with so so 30 days you got to do this bad boy it's not it's not the the dinner is not the problem it's like the what to eat during the rest of the day Mm. that's 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 been tough i mean you know like first world problem this has been two days but so what are you gonna do after the 30 days uh, I assume the Eagles are going to sign me to be their backup quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we know you can complete a touchdown pass, right? So, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know. I, I will. I, will I levitate? I don't know. No, I mean, but but you don't like stick with it beyond that, or is it like an adjusted? Oh uh, well, the you know? idea the idea of the program theoretically is that you then start like reintroducing the things uh, to see like if there's anything that doesn't make you feel good, but. I mean, screw that. And we're going to have, you know, pizza and beer on day 31. Oh, you're going to be very drunk on that uh, first day. Could <laughs> <laughs> be a good time for a podcast. And how about Zach? Happy birthday to Zach officially on the podcast. Did yeah. we already say this? Oh, thank you very much. What was yeah, that? No, no that wasn't on the podcast. Yeah. yeah Give us a little rundown. Did you, get, did you get anything good? How was your day? Did you did you enjoy <laughs> the uh, the interactions on Twitter? Oh yeah, great job, Bo. Yeah, that was that was nice to, uh, a great nice job, trip Bo. down memory lane there. Uh, no, uh, Bo asked for former uh, former Eagles and so it, uh, former training camp standouts, if you will. So did Shield send you one? No, I'm not participating. Not a big birthday guy. Nonsense. <laughs> Listen, I, I I keep it behind closed doors. Okay. Yeah, she'll okay, wish me a happy right. birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she okay. wish me happy birthday. Uh, no, it was it was a nice birthday, and I. I uh, had pizzeria bidea on uh, Ooh, uh, last nice. night. That was that was a that was a treat for me, and uh, my my wife baked a great cake. That was also a treat for me. And uh, wow, she, and, yeah, she made baked a great cake. Yeah, yeah, she did a great job. She she um, she went all out for the birthday. So she's a bigger birthday person than I am, and I'll give her credit. She just, she did an outstanding job. It was it it turned into it was got a little un- uncomfortable in that it turned into like a birthday weekend right like it was like <laughs> and 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 you guys know my wife she uh she 
uh, is not like shy about like posting stuff on social media. So like it was it was one of those things where like I was getting texts on uh, Friday. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Saturday. Um, like happy birthday or, or happy belated or something. And I'm like, no, it's actually not yet. It's just she posted something right away. But it was uh, she's celebrating the man she loves. I respect. Yeah, it. she did a great job, and I I love her, and I'm very grateful. And Sheila, what's new in your world? What's new in my world? Uh, sitting in the basement. Well, we, we we are going away next week, so I could have a situation mm. like you, um, you know, just getting a, uh, uh, just sort of a, renting a house in a uh, shore town because we've got a little spring break for the kids. So I'll still nice. be working, but I could have like a Wi-Fi issue like you. So that could be exciting. Mm. That could be exciting. And now, how are we doing? Are we? We're still. The streak is still intact on the steps. Are you breaking up? What'd you say? The the <laughs> steps. We still. The streak's still intact. Yeah, I've got to get. Uh, let's see. I've got to get about eleven hundred in, which is nothing. That's about eleven minutes of walking. I've got an hour and forty four minutes, <laughs> oh and God. then uh, yeah, then we'll be. I think I'm on eighty. I think this will be eighty six. Wow. I am full Indian uncle. I mean, you should see my neighborhood. I'm just I'm just walking around this neighborhood all day long. People looking at me like, does this guy work? Does he have a job? I thought he has kids. I saw his wife out here like, you know, with, with the two kids earlier. And he's just walking by himself for a half an hour listening to something on the headphones. But you know, Now, what is your end goal? Is there a number you're trying to hit uh, days or, or you're just, this is just the rest of your life? No, yeah, they've just got me. I mean, I don't know how high this goes. Like right now, it's at about. Uh, I think they're they're pushing me to about fourteen thousand, and I don't know if I'm seeing any like health benefits from this or not. But if nothing else, it makes me get out there, uh, get some fresh air, and uh, you know, get off my butt. I do feel like you sit on your butt for so long. You know what I mean? All day, mm. like that can't be healthy. You know, you got to get those glutes moving a little bit. It all comes back to this literally was this last segment was about fruits and glutes. Yep, there you go. Fruits and glutes. All right. Well, that's what uh, Joe Flacco has brought us to. So uh, thanks to the Eagles for making that happen and uh, ruining Marissa's Tuesday night. So for uh, for Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, we love you.